Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your hustle and Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, turned as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. And uh, Noel, I, I have not watched enough TV this week be- because it's a good thing, but like I, I subbed in on Crisis for one of the reviews at the AV Club, and so that meant that even though I finished my review at a reasonable hour that night, I was up till 2 a.m. trying to figure out how I could get images because the CW hates me. Like, it hates all oh, critics. No. Uh, I've never had an issue with the CW's press site. Well, I don't have access to the CW's oh, press site. Okay. I should have thought of reaching out to you because you do. Yeah. But they didn't have any pictures up at all from the episode. And so then I found some online and I was like, am I allowed to use these? They seem like they're the legit ones, but I just like downloaded them somewhere. No, I shouldn't do that because this is the AV Club. If it was like my personal site, I would feel fine. But like, you know. That's different. So screen caps. But wait, but wait, Noel. Can I take screen caps of uh, the Xfinity app with my laptop, with my PC laptop? No, not anymore. It does the blacking out Netflix thing now. I mean, at that point, you just need to take a photo with your phone. Right? I'm sure I'm sure that would be great. I'm sure that would go over awesome with the editors, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have to understand, like, they can't do it either, so... <laughs> well, but apparently if you have a Mac, you can, just not oh, a PC. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, that's still not enough to get me to use a Mac, though. On the flip side, I mean, you could buy a Mac and just write it off on your taxes. Yeah, but then I'd have to use a Mac, and I don't... I don't... But only, like, once a week, every three to four months. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But it is because of that I was up very late and I watched like no TV for the night. I just slept the whole next day because I'm old now. We are olds and I need sleep. Um, So how was your viewing week? It was okay. I didn't have a chance to watch like anything that happened that aired on Thursday, which makes me sad based on tweets about evil. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That I'm, I'm very upset that I I have not seen evil yet. Um, But it's because we're also old, but we decided to go to an 8 p.m. screening of the new Makoto Shinkai film, Weathering With You. Uh-huh. And it ran from 8 until almost 10, and we got home and we went to bed. Okay. Well, w- how was the movie? Can, are you allowed to say? It was not say? good. No? Oh. oh. <laughs> no. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. No, I am allowed to say, because it was one of those fandom events type of deals that we went to. Um, and we didn't like it enough to stick around for an interview with Makoto Shinkai and just went. Okay, well, we're, we're good. We're going to go to bed now. <laughs> Sleep is nice. Yeah, no, I definitely hear you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it just, I feel like it's awkward if you stay for those things if you weren't on board with this, the film or the show. The interview was pre-taped and everything. So, I, like, it was just going to show up on the big screen. Um, but we were just like, yeah, no. Sleep sounds better. We're, we're both very tired. <laughs> um, we heard from some of our listeners this week. Uh, ben from Tasmania left a lovely note at the website that he really enjoyed the top twenty podcast this year. So thank you. Um, he likes our like the range of our the diversity of the shows that we talk about. So he's got some news shows on his list. Which yay! Let us know what you think, Ben. Um, Brandy <laughs> had some fun on Twitter as well as Vince is keeping updated on on his Lucifer watch. 
Um, he's got, so he's caught up with season three. He's got season four, but he's taking a break because he's getting tired of the, some of like the procedural beats, uh, along with the, the will they, won't they are really frustrating for him. So I was like, yeah, yeah, those aren't going to go away. So maybe a break is probably, you know, like, I feel like there are times when the binge is the best way to do a show like that. And there are times where it's like, if, if those, like the fact that they repeat the plot, every act is starting to bother you step away. Right. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And procedurals are procedurals do that, especially broadcast procedurals. I don't know if I, if they changed things up once they went to Netflix, though. Yeah, I guess not. Well, uh, yes and no. Um, more on that when the show comes back. But okay, uh, there was some Lucifer related news this week, which was that, and I've been trying to avoid. Lucifer news because I don't want to get spoiled and I have found out so much casting news about this upcoming season and characters that they're playing and such that I will not say because I wish I didn't know but they are okay. officially doing a fully musical episode um, All right. and they're going to have Debbie Gibson like I don't know if nice. she's cast it like cast in, in you know for the episode or she's contributing music or I don't know exactly what it's going to be but I'm very excited there's also a 40s set episode uh I think the cast you know, the human characters are playing, the actors are playing different characters or something, but there's going to be a few songs in that as well, but they're also doing a separate musical episode. I'm very excited, as listeners will not be surprised by. Um, but we have more dramatic news elsewhere. Uh, Watchmen is officially ending, which, yay, I think we good are on board with that. Mindhunter season three is probably not going to happen. They've released the cast from the uh, their contracts because I think something about David Fincher is going to go do some other stuff first and yeah. yeah basically he's gonna go work on mank which is his biopic with gary oldman about the guy who wrote citizen kane and then he's got he's executive producing the second season of sex love and robots or love sex and robots whichever that anthology series that dropped on netflix early last year summer of last year i can't quite remember i never got around to watching it um so he's just super busy and netflix is just like Meh, we don't release numbers, but no one really talked about season two, so go do other things, Jonathan Groff. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, fair enough, but I need Anna Torv on my TV, and I need this cast on my TV. So hopefully they get, you know, some other interesting roles that we can follow them with. Uh, But yeah, that Mm -hmm. was definitely disappointing. I felt secure because it had been picked up, you know? But alas. Yeah. The the Alas. more dramatic news, I think, is that yeah. Sandy is leaving Bake Off. And I'm curious how you feel about this. I'm a little sad about it. Um, I thought that she and Noel had a really solid chemistry. And I thought that Sandy also kind of provide just enough of a little bit of a weird edge to the show. Especially when talking to contestants. Um, that I, In a joking manner type of deal. But yeah, I'll be, I'm going to be sad. I'm also going to be sad that it also means that unless they get someone as short as her, we're not going to get any more drawer jokes. And that's just going to be really sad. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about this? Well, I feel like uh, between her and Noel, she was obviously much closer to the Mel and Sue feel of yeah. hosting. Um and I do think that Sandy and Noel had really like found their groove in the most recent season. Uh, but yeah, like... I don't think it was a coincidence that whenever the producers wanted to try to stir up drama, they sent Noel to do it and not yeah. Sandy. 
And yeah. so the fact that she is leaving and they're going to bring in somebody else, I would be very surprised if they brought in someone more like Sandy. I expect them to bring someone more like Noel. And yeah. so I'm not very excited about it. So we'll see. Well, I don't. I would plan to not watch it, except that maybe I'm covering it at AV Club. And so if I'm covering it, then I'll watch it. But yeah, I'm certainly not looking forward to it in a meaningful way. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe then it'll just, if you're not watching it, it's time to cut the cord. Yeah, well, definitely. Just let it go. Just let it go. That's okay. And I say that now, but you know me. I will be back with bells on um, when it's been long enough. So we'll we'll see how it goes. This this week, speaking of been long enough, uh, we have Zumbo's Just Dessert Season 2, which dropped on Netflix last week. And we're going to be talking about that as our special segment, as our season spotlight. just like I felt like some of these Zumbo's treats this season were not as memorable as as they were in season one, but it was just so. Fu- I feel like the show got better, even if the Zumbo things weren't as interesting. I think there's gonna be plenty for us to talk about. I think that there'll be stuff for us to talk about. Um, Ooh, preview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. More on that at the end of the show, um, but. For now, let's take a break, listen to some music, and we'll come back with our Week in TV right after this. She was a high-class dollar boots walking with the holly girl. Caught in the lowland town she got. Rodeo, Romeo, wanting her to settle down. She won't give a heart to This week in TV, I'm going to talk briefly, I'm going to preview briefly Avenue 5, which is uh, debuting next week on HBO. I'll keep that spoiler free, but give a few thoughts uh, about the season and whether you guys should check it out. Then we're going to talk a little bit about The Unicorn, Isn't It Romantic, before we go into a super special Kate's spoiler-free review zone, where I'm going to attempt to not say any spoilers about The Good Place, Mondays, Am I Right?, uh, Doctor Who, Orphan 55, Emergence, Applied Sciences, and Evil, 100 uh, Days, or Justice Times 2. I wasn't sure what the title was. The penultimate episode of Evil. So Noel has not seen these, and he's going to watch at least three of them. And so it will be. I will be tap dancing so that hopefully those of you at, who at home have seen them will know what I mean, but Noel won't be spoiled. So we'll see how that goes. Then we'll round out our week with Stumptown, The Past and the Furious. And then, of course, the the culmination of, of Crisis on Infinite Earths with Arrow, Part 4, and Legends of Tomorrow, Part 5. So first up is Avenue 5, which is the new Armando Iannucci show on HBO. I will be reviewing this over at the AV Club. I have seen the first four for this. Um, and I, like I said, I, I will be reviewing it. But, Noel, I didn't laugh out loud a single time in the first four out of eight episodes for this season. Yeah. That's not good. That's, that's, not, not, that's, that's not, not great, Bob. 
No, it's not great, Bob. There's some, here's what I will say. There's some really, like, the whole cast is very good. And there's some really great performance stuff, but the show lacks focus. And I can't get into why without spoilers. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, That's... yeah, there's a character that gets killed off that I can't even find the name of the actor who plays the character because there's basically no actor who plays, they're like a voice. And then because of that, that shakes up the the dynamic in the in the show in a way that causes it to lack a center in the way that it needs to have one. Like imagine if uh, if if Veep did not have that core of Selena Meyer in the same way. And there there are actors who are playing characters that should be in that central role. And the actors are all good, but the writing isn't right to make sure. it work. Does that make sense? A little bit, yeah. Without having seen it and without spoilers. So it's just like, I can see why, I can see what the actors are doing, and they're all good, but I think there are just flaws in the writing, which is very disheartening because it's Armando Inucci and he's brilliant. So... Yeah, I would say check out this one, listeners. And if you laugh, that's great. Then keep watching. But if you're kind of waiting for it, um, yeah, then maybe this is not the show for you. I mean, they have Jessica St. Clair. We love Jessica St. Clair. I was like, yay, I didn't know she was in this. And then, and fabulous ensembles. The costuming is very, very good. Um, but it just kept, yeah, I, I wanted to laugh more. Hopefully the second half. I will laugh more. I really hope so. Maybe it'll just be a long series of callbacks that will snap everything into focus. Maybe. You're not going to laugh. No, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. It's not going to, I, Zach Wood's hair really bothers me in this and that I shouldn't be noticing Zach Wood's hair that much in the first episode when it's just regular hair. It's like, those are the, I have the energy to be noticing details that don't make sense thematically to me as I watch this for these first episodes. And I shouldn't be because I should be distracted because I'm trying to write furiously all the hilarious quotes. And that mm-hmm. just doesn't, didn't happen. Alas. Uh, over on the Unicorn, we had Isn't It Romantic? And I have a couple thoughts on this one, and I'm curious what you think. Uh, I like th- I like what we get here. I think it's a fun episode. But uh, it feels like they have been setting up Wade and Betsy Brandt for a while. And the I don't know why. And it's, I mean, like, other than they, they seem very comfortable together. But why bring in Anna at all if you're just going to bring her in for two episodes? I don't know. What did you think? Well, I mean, I think that having Anna come in is sort of important for epiphany sort of reasons of... A realization that this is not something I'm ready for yet. And I think that that's a valuable thing to learn when you're going through grief and you're transitioning like that. Um, so I think that it's important for the show to sort of show that, deal with that, because that's definitely a mistake that... Not a mistake, because it's not a mistake. It's definitely a thing that happens when you're dealing with some 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 kind of loss or some kind of transition that you just go... Oh, no, I thought so, but no, no, I am not. I am not ready for this. And I mean, so, and I think that's important. And I think that it speaks to just the way in which we've never circled back to the bartender, um, played by the best mom on Runaways. Um, 
that we just we just haven't circled around back to her. We haven't done anything. So I think that having Anna show up for a couple of episodes and Wade realizing, nope, I need to, still need to do me, work on myself kind of deal, I, th- I think it's really useful. And I think also having him hang out with a kid and throw $6 into a well is also a good use of time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, well, it's a, yeah. it's a new version of Penny Can. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so... Yeah, I do agree that they're really kind of pushing that as kind of a concept, even down to when we really kind of meet Anna, they're on their fake date. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I just always want more from that Widows group because I love Wade with that Widows group. And I love that Widows group with him. Mm-hmm. It really sort of allows him to talk more freely than he does with his 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 friends. Act- yeah, his friends, yeah. Um, and so I really like having that insight. Plus he's just, he's, I also think Goggins is also just a lot looser in that group in part because Wade should be a lot looser in that group as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like it when that group shows up, but yeah, no, Betsy Brand is definitely in game, but she's so good in this show and she's mm-hmm. really good with Goggins that I'm kind of not upset about it. I just don't want them to rush it either. Yeah, I don't think they will. They're they're setting them up as OTP, and they're yeah. they're setting them up as in game. I, yeah, it just I don't know. It just it feels very. Let's set up the Asian American love interest and not follow through, and now let's set up mm-hmm. the Indian American love interest and not follow through, and now let's set up the white lady love interest, and we will follow through on that That's one. Fair. And it's. You know, it, like, it would be one thing if, if they showed, like, a little off chemistry with some of these other people, but they don't. Yeah. They all have amazing chemistry because they're all very good. <laughs> they're all very good actors and they cast well on the show. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's just a little disappointing. Um, but, I mean, I can't complain about Betsy Brand because she's wonderful. So yeah. I'm glad that she's on the show. Yeah, I agree about the, um, the Widows group being super fun. And, I mean, I think it helps that they're always constantly <laughs> downing the wine in the widow's yes. group too but uh for the loose kind of energy there but i also like the rest of the show i liked uh i liked the shopping at the mall and like that was a fun layer to add to that character and yeah it was a, it was a good one but i i just i will be looking with a skeptical eye at the show for a little bit to see how they handle this latest development with wade yeah and i think that's a reasonable thing to kind of have about it but on the upside Forrest is going to totally remake his wardrobe now it's going to be great oh i just and i love i also just love to be like you are doing all of my shopping from now on oh my god that's amazing (laughs) i love that this is like immediately supported and and like celebrated within the group i think it's terrific Mm -hmm. uh definitely like in my family the the person who if i had to pick one person to go shopping with me to help me find a good outfit it would definitely be one of my brothers (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's like my sister is also has a great eye and I would love to to have her pick out clothes for me. But if I had to pick one person, it would be my younger older brother every single time. Um so yeah. I, I enjoyed that little, you know, surprise. And and also just like the dad bench just being like, No, this is even more awkward than standing around with like my teenager and her friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the dude bench in any sort of shopping thing is always real bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I go shopping with my person quite a bit, and I often just stay with her because it's sad and boring with the other cis 
dudes over there. Yeah, the plus one bench, yeah. They're not my people. (laughs) Which is normally why I bring a book as well when I go shopping Uh with her. Uh, So I have something to read, but also I bring something to read. (laughs) So... No, I don't want to talk about the... I don't want to talk about college football. Or the Seahawks. Go Hawks. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, I feel like and nowadays everybody would be on their phones. But yeah, you'd be amazed how often people will just like be like, so, I'm like, no, I no. have headphones on. And I'm looking yeah. at my phone. I want to be antisocial right now. Yeah. In my job, I have to talk to people all the time. <laughs> so, good times. Um, let's move on to the Kate spoiler-free zone. And, uh, yeah. You can, you can spoil Doctor Who as much as you want. I I will give you that one because I, you've already told me a little bit about it and I'm just like, no, it's fine. You can, you can talk about Doctor Who as much as you want. Okay. So good places first. Mondays, am I right? So this one, uh, I thought was solid, but not great. Um, it was wrapping up some stuff and I was truly surprised by the ending, but I thought okay. it worked. There was there's a returning actor who was a very welcome addition and like welcome back. It's about damn time, and uh, I thought that was handled very nicely. the 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 notion um, one of the purposes is that they get to read everybody's like their right their printout of their whole lives. You know their their mm-hmm. assessment. And so there's some good drama from that. There's a really nice Jason moment. So that, but I was kept waiting for something funnier, more philosophical, or more of a stretch. And I didn't feel like feel like it really came. It feels very tying up loose ends. And then okay. the way it ends, I was like, "Huh, okay, interesting, I guess." And I have seen the next episode first because the screener's up, and I was pleasantly surprised by that next episode. Um, even though, and again, a wonderful guest cast, uh, showing up in that episode, I guess, actor. And yeah, it's a really neat premise, but again, I wanted to laugh more. So I'm hoping that the uh, final episode, which is a two-parter, um, the title now makes sense to me, but I'm, I'm hoping it will have just some funnier like laugh out loud moments because this has always been something the show excels at. And right now it just kind of feels like a gentle... Like, ah, of an ending of the show, and I was hoping for something a little more riotous. Um, there's sure. some philosophical stuff, but not, again, not as much as I would would like. So I look forward to your thoughts, and I guess I'll leave it there. Okay. Uh, there's a good, very good, very hilarious, a uh, couple of them, visual gag, in like w- w- which is where the Mondays Am I Right title comes from. I think you'll yeah. appreciate in this week's episode. Okay. So right. we'll have to tell us next week. Uh, over on Doctor Who, we had Orphan 55, which is where the doc, the spa planet thing, right? But then it's uh, it's more complicated than that. They all almost die. And it... The, <gasps> I know, we're Kate, shocked. you said no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's... It's just a very, very, very heavy-handed climate change uh, episode. Okay. And... Like, when I say it's didactic, you know it's didactic, because I can deal with some didactic sci-fi, right? I'm, I'm yeah. game for that. But, like, it's so heavy-handed. Like, down to, there's a kid and his dad who are mechanics, and the kid knows all the things, and the dad won't listen to the younger voice saying, here's what you have to do, dad. Why, you never listen to what I want. You're like, it's just like, wow, 
wow, this is over the top and not good. Like, oh, man. And I, I like the cast. Like, I've appreciated the guest casting and other things. They're just not used well here. The doctor gets a couple monologues, and I'm just like, oh, poor Jody Whittaker. No one is going to make this sound good. It's just so... Mm-hmm so preachy and like there there's a way to take the same plot and to do it in a better and more meaningful way and it's just it's just hokey it's just not it's not good so yeah i appreciate the sentiment goodness knows i want more climate change narratives in doctor who yes um but yeah just like yeah without getting into spoilers just like it had to be russian why does it have to be Russian? Why can't it be, you know, British English, you know? Uh, why can't it be something else? Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. It's, it was not yeah. good. Hopefully the next one's better. Over on Emergence, Applied Sciences, this was another strong episode, and I don't trust the ending, and <laughs> I you I say you, like, you take all the time to show that one character putting on that one thing, and that means that that other things that happen to that character will hopefully not have the consequences we are anticipating. And that's all I'll say about that. And y'all know who I mean. Um, I do think, I'm curious what you think about this. Do you think we need to find out why they're divorced or separated? Because I feel like at this point, like, they've been kind of teasing out the Alison Tolman, Donald Faison stuff long enough, especially with a couple different potential other love interests for her, mm-hmm. that... I need a reason why they aren't together because they seem to get along well. They seem to have some chemistry and certainly they respect and trust each other a lot, but they're not together. And it seems like he wants to get back with her, but she, and like she, so like she has the the control over that, like making sure that she's not leading him on. Like there's been a good awareness of that from several of the, of the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I I need to know why they broke up because they have not given a good reason for them to not be back. And if it was something like like somebody cheated, then it seems like he's ready to to move on from that. And they have not shown a reason for us why she shouldn't be. And if it's like like some like, like I keep waiting for them to like queer one of the characters and we just don't know about that yet. Um, And that hasn't happened and I don't know, it's just, I'm getting kind of uh, fed up with that part of the show. And for a show that is so well-crafted on a character level, other than this, I feel like maybe they're waiting for a reveal, but it feels like they're going out of their way to not give us that answer right now. What do you think? I think I don't need that. Okay. Um, I think that sometimes people just can not be compatible in a way that allows for a relationship to function in a way that both of them need it to function. Um, and that you can have another kind of relationship that generally works, but I do agree with you that they're writing towards something by not kind of providing that information because it's sort of like broadcast TV one Oh one of this kind of a thing of, we would know by now if it wasn't something. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I know that I personally don't need it, but now that, like you said, that they've been sort of building to it and that Faison's character in particular has sort of been like edging towards something. I I can see it needing to be something 
just to justify it. But I don't necessarily need it. So, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like Mia wants her parents to get back together or anything. Right, yeah. You know, she's definitely not pining for that. Yeah, it does and it seems like there isn't animosity between like the dad, you know, or the friends. Like there it just feels like there is a piece that they are intentionally withholding. A piece of information they are intentionally withholding in a way that would feel more that would make the other conversations feel more natural and organic. Okay, and that's, sure, sure, sure. And that's not something that they have been doing otherwise. Um, so, or maybe it's even just that the directors, the writers know, and it doesn't really matter, but the directors don't know. And so they're holding on lingering shots more than they would if they did know. It could even just be something like that. But yeah, it feels like just a little bit off, especially with first Benny as potential love interest. And then Ember Gilkaj as the other potential love interest, like with like, they're, they're like, they're, they're straight out of a romance novel. Gotta check your arm for, for computerness, which is hilarious. Like, next thing you're gonna say, oh no, we were booked in the wrong room and there's only one bed. It's like, come on. You know, the, these are the, the, the tropes that, uh, that, that those of us who appreciate a rom-com appreciate. Uh, I, I just, I'm looking for, cause of the way that they're playing it, I feel like I need just a little bit more information and then, I feel like it'll click into place, but I'm certainly excited yeah. about the the end game for the season. There's only a couple episodes left, and that's all I can say without spoilers. So now the hardest one is going to be evil, uh, and I have a listeners in our notes. I have a hard eyes emoji, and that is just straight up about one scene. Okay, and it's a late episode scene. It's like the last right. scene or second to last scene of the whole episode. There's some interesting stuff going on with the dynamics between like a lot of the the main characters there's some really good Ben the Magnificent stuff the the episode of the week kind of case of the week thing is really compelling and very well acted and very interesting uh poor David cannot cannot catch a freaking break man um and I thought that 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 corner of the show was played really well we also have Kristen in court trying to make sure someone doesn't get uh, ha- get released on like bail or or just like someone comes forward. One of the cases we saw them do earlier in the season, someone comes forward to say that they actually killed all those people. And so Kristen's trying to make sure that the conviction doesn't get thrown out. And that is really compelling. And of course there's that really great stuff with the, um, with, with, with Leland. Uh, there's a, just, there's just like this beautiful smackdown of a scene with Leland that you gotta love. So yeah, there was a lot to really appreciate in this episode. And when you finally see it, that you'll know the scene I'm talking about with the hard eyes emoji when you get to it and you're going to love it. And I look forward to your thoughts. It's just like, it's just chef's kiss. Perfect Kings. It's so good. It's so fun. And you know, the actors just had a blast with it. So, uh, I will leave it there. I look forward to your thoughts once you've had a chance to see it. And I've been talking a lot. So now it's your turn to talk um, about our next episode, which is Stumptown, The Past and The Furious. What did you think? I hope that the, the show goes long enough that they're able to just cycle through puns on each of the Fast and the Furious titles. A couple of things about this episode. Um, there's the gray stuff of it all, which is still not good. Um, because we're, it's very much, well, what if we slick his hair back? Then Jake Johnson looks like a criminal. No, that's, that's not how any of this works. Who is running Um, the bar? 
A bar is <laughs> yes, not an no, easy this, thing to run. This is an excellent question because his, his entire staff seems to be Ansel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah. So I, there's that aspect to it all. But then there's also the way that the show wants to sort of, all right, here's another mysterious, dangerous, dark-haired woman for him to become enticed by that leads him back into his criminal life. Well, he's also doing domestic stuff with Ansel, and we're going to, like, have a juxtaposition of those things and how he navigates them and how he feels about them. And it's like, there's not one, because he's he's just doing this for money? It's unclear, and it's unsatisfying, the reasons. Like, the idea that uh, Hoffman has, like, this little bit of holdover room keeps getting messed up in the... I'm the one doing you a favor conversation that he had that Gray and Hoffman have. So it's, it's really kind of confounding what we're doing here exactly. And it basically boils down to, we don't know what this character is. So, and we don't have any concept of what Hoffman is without Dex in his romantic life. So I don't know is of what both of these, both this subplot basically feels like. Um, which is a shame because a lot of the deck stuff in this episode of her having to grapple with Ansel moving out and how that ties into other abandonment issues and then how that triggers PTSD and other ill behaviors for her, I think is really good and really compelling. And I really liked that aspect of this episode. Even if the case of the week wasn't necessarily super good, it was also at least important enough in that it tied back into something that historically happened tied back into the reservation in a really good way and dealt with those kinds of issues plus her own refusal to deal with pain and loss in healthy ways that it was nice to see that kind of come back again after her after that had not been too much of an issue um for the show for a couple for a few weeks here um, so having that cycle back in, I thought was really, really good. So split down the middle of, I liked the deck stuff, but the gray and the Hoffman stuff is just not good. And I miss Cameron Mannheim, mm-hmm. Kate. We got our Cameron taco Mannheim. chef back, though. I liked that he was back. We did. He was back. It feels like the show is just like, well, if we can't have Cameron Mannheim, we can have taco chef. We can, we can have the food truck guy. And if we can't have food truck guy, we can have Cameron Mannheim. We can only have them together once, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, the, the I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good ideas here, but I think that yeah. they shouldn't be doing them at the same time. And sure. I think, like, the, I agree, the deck stuff really works, and uh, I'm even okay with like an episode here and there with Hoffman and Gray. I think that this, I'm not excited about this extended thread. It feels, yeah. you know, like a different show and not a show I'm interested in. Just be a PI show. You don't need to be more than that. Just be that. Um, and I don't know if it's based on something in the comics. Maybe it is. But, um, yeah, I'm really not excited about that. But I will mention that the actress playing Max is one of the cast members on Lucifer. Uh, she shows up in season four, and she's very, very good. Um, she's very talented at, like who she plays on, on Lucifer and like bringing a lot of nuance to that role. There doesn't seem to be any nuance and the writing for that character though. So I'm not encouraged that she can bring anything here. Um, but 
I, I just immediately didn't buy her as Max. I'm like, they just gave her a couple dreads and was like, she's a grungy, it's like, she is a supermodel. She is not a grungy car chick. You're trying, yeah. this doesn't, I don't buy this, but okay. Like, it just feels so on the nose what they're trying to do with each of the types. Like, was it Scuzzy or whatever the guy's name is? And yeah, like, yeah. it just feels so on the nose. Now, if they subvert that and go a different way with it i'm happy to be wrong and i'm happy to be surprised and maybe that's where they're headed and that'll be interesting but like especially the beat that they end on where it's like oh it's actually heroin like really i don't need i don't need this from from stumptown that's not why i watched stumptown the the thread with ptsd the thread with the reservation and with dex trying to deal with living on her own for the first time that's why i watched stumptown um, so yeah, I liked everything, all, all the Grant Ansel stuff, uh, Ansel stuff, all the deck stuff. I thought that all worked really well. I liked that they didn't give us an answer as to why the kid had been taken for adoption in the first place. You know, when, when they've, you know, the, the revelation that the mom was not on drugs. So they put that down in the paper, but that wasn't the case. They don't, and, and then that she had died of a drug overdose. They don't show like was she killed? Did did she start using drugs because her kid was taken away? Would like did somebody like hook her on drugs shortly after the guy left so that they could be like I like that they didn't have an answer for that because that would be too tidy, yeah. and it'd be like oh this one bad person manipulated the system. No, it's just it's a broken system, and I think that's a much more interesting yeah. conversation. So there's a lot here that I do like, but they. <sighs> They are taking an ensemble that we both enjoy, and like it's like they're determined to find a way to have it not work. And I, yeah, I don't break what isn't broken, or don't don't fix what isn't broken. I should say. Also, don't break what isn't broken. I yes, that too. <laughs> both both of those things. <laughs> um, let's go on to crisis now, and we've got part four and part five, and my. My write-up of the Arrow episode here is over at the AV Club, because I, I subbed in for Allison Poor. Friend of the show, Allison Shoemaker, was supposed to, because she reviews both Arrow and Legends for the AV Club, so she was theoretically going to have to write up both of these episodes while being at TCAs with no screeners. And so, yeah. So I, I stepped in to help out with Arrow, and of course, Noel... Boy, did you get the short end of that stick. Oh, it's so bad. And I was so... I, I rewatched the first three parts of Crisis that, like, that day before, the day of. I was super psyched for it. I was, like, ready. I was on board. And then the writers had no clue what they were doing. They did not have a plan. They're like, okay, we'll build up to this, and then we'll figure that out later. And then they didn't figure it out. And they, then they went, okay, yeah. we have these two actors on this day. And we have these three actors on this day. So let's, let's, I don't know, let's take Brendan Routh and Stephen Amell and we'll put them with Ruby Rose and we'll make up a memory to work with that. You know, or, you know, like there's no reason for Ruby Rose to be in this scene and there's no reason for Oliver to not just, you know, tie, like connect her into when he met Batwoman now that he knows that she's Batwoman. But no, instead, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I thought it was fun that they kind of, connected us back to where Ray first came from in the show. I thought that was nice. But, like, it didn't make any sense. It was just so blatantly, like, here's what the scheduling shakes out to make it work. And yeah, it it was such a... So disappointing. And then the final, like, Paragon thing where they're like, just think really hard about your topic. And yes, the fact that Lex is there for truth does shape the world that they're, they end up in. But... 
it should it should break the world more than that. <laughs> it should break yeah. the world fundamentally because the definition of truth has been established by Lex Luthor. That means that more than just Lex is president or whatever should be the case. Like, there should be more things broken about the world because the concept of truth has been defined for the entirety of of existence by Lex Luthor. And they just don't, they just didn't have an answer for anything. And it just, ah, everything was a retread. Everything was filler. It was just, it was, it was so bad. And I wanted it to be so good. Yeah, it was just, it was really rough. And I think your point about, all right, we got him to the vanishing point, and then we do what exactly? Because that's that's sort of the issue with these big crossovers, even in comics, of the conclusion is very rarely ever satisfying in any way, shape, or form, because it's always a bunch of cosmic stuff that just doesn't cohere into anything, um, which is what happens here. Or it's just a bridge to do the thing that they actually just want to do in the first place, which is set up Earth Prime, because that's what they're interested in doing on the, for a multitude of reasons. And we'll get to the Earth Prime in just a minute. But there's there's just a lot of, okay, well, shadow wraiths again, I guess? How, okay. Like, no. What are the shadow wraiths? And how do you fight them? What kind of damage do they take? How How is Ryan fighting them? He doesn't have any abilities. He doesn't know how to fight. And how come... He fights with the power of humanity. He just keeps rolling natural 20s on his charisma roll. Well, Sarah keeps, like, kicking them, and that breaks them up. But also, uh, later, Alex is, like, shooting them. And then also, they're using, like, the, the super eye beam stuff laser vision or whatever heat like vision. heat vision, vision. so what kind of damage i'm like sitting here watching this giant fight scene going like okay is this subdual damage what do they need to just be dissipated what is going on is it well she's sarah's now using her her baton thing so is it like an an iron cold iron thing like if i am thinking about that you have screwed up everything so significantly <laughs> that like your your entire epic last battle is just a mess. It was it was bad. And having like why why does it jump several months? Like why have they been there for several months? What have they been eating? Are they eating? Yeah. Time moves differently there. Okay, so do they not need to eat? But if they don't need to eat, how is Ryan growing a beard, but no one else's hair is growing? Like, wh- There's so many stupid little things like that that don't need to be there for any reason. Why bring these things up if you don't have answers for them? Why did Barry need to be gone for three months other than it was like that in the comics? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I haven't read that comic, but oh, it was so frustrating. Yeah, and it was also like there's all that stuff, and then there's... Oliver is the Spectre, which promised a lot of, like, really good concepts, I think, for mm-hmm. the show going forward in case they wanted Amel to come back and he could come back. And him as the Spectre, I thought, was, like, a really cool concept. And I liked some of the things that they did in which they set up memories within the Speed Force, and I liked how those were shot. As much as I generally sort of like Glenn Winter, he is not their most visually appealing director. So I was glad to see kind of, like, a neat sort of aesthetic concept at play in this episode. But I was just like, but this, oh, so this is how he's going to die, die? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Well, his death scene wasn't nearly as good <laughs> either. Right. 
Yeah. Like, the first death scene was much more compelling. Yeah, but this was also a good Shakespearean death scene that went on for, like, five minutes while he monologued. Well, and, like, <laughs> I get that it makes more sense for Sarah to be there, because that's the personal connection, but why isn't Kara there? Because yeah. the whole point was that yeah. he sacrificed himself for Kara and Barry, yeah. not for Sarah. Yeah. And, like, like there are just these fundamental, like, character and writing problems at the heart of it and i don't know how much of it was just based on who was available for filming like i I, probably that's a lot of it and it is a lot of it um like guggenheim said in an interview that a lot of the stuff in which we don't see like cisco and iris especially in the final episode basically boils down to they deserve to be paid an extra everyone gets paid an extra rate basically Mm -hmm. For appearing in these other shows, um, they get they get crossover pay basically, um, and it became issues of budget basically, which is why the legends are basically not allowed to do crossovers anymore. Is because there's too many. They just kill the budget. There's too many of them, um, so you get really picky with who you should have show up, um, and I just that's what it boils down to. Like you said, is just like we only get these actors for this amount of money, so. Which is why, like, all the Arrow people, for whatever reason, are Legends of Tomorrow, but not in the Arrow episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the weird stack of how all of that works. But yeah, this was just, it was really rough. But I'm mostly, Kate, I'm a little glad that you've come around on the rates because I really hated when they showed up in the premiere. And I felt like that this was just an even worse version of that fight <laughs> that we had in the start of this. It was a much worse version of the same fight. Yeah. Yeah. But it was also still a bad version of that fight. So it was just like, ugh. All right. Is there anything else to say about part four? Okay. So the other thing I have for part four is okay. I do. Well, we got to talk about the crossover and the cameo. But. Also, I do think that the the setup here is really good. There's a lot of potential in it. If you ignore the stupid stuff about, like, why has it been so long and all these different things, like, like the idea of connecting to memories and points of interaction between them, like, yes. especially for the third to last episode of Arrow ever, there's so much potential yeah. there. And then they don't do anything with it because of the constraints of the budget and, and the filming schedule and all of that. Uh, so, I, you know props there it just made it but for me it just made all the the failure to live up to that all the more frustrating um yes the other thing we the last thing we do need to talk about is the ezra miller cameo which i thought was right. hilarious and super fun i haven't seen the movies where he plays flash but i do like the movie where he plays the movie flash. okay see i haven't seen the singular movie where that happens but i do i do i think that this was not the episode for it <laughs> Like, it was way too long of a scene for the stakes they had established. When you've erased all of humanity except these seven people, you don't get to have the laughing, joking, this is so cool and fun thing. He doesn't get, Barry doesn't get to be distracted by that. So if you're like, if if you've resolved things and you're just looking for the way out of the Speed Force, but you know everyone's okay, that's when you do the jokey, laughy, ooh, your suit is so breathable, ooh, your suit looks really safe. Like, it was delightful. It just, for me, tonally, it did not work. Yeah, and I think a lot of that boils down to the fact that that scene was shot after they had wrapped the crossover. Like, they had already finished production on the crossover, basically, and were, like, probably in post. And then the head of Warner Brothers was called and was just like, can you guys get Ezra in the crossover? Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Yes, like, this was a WB from on high request, not a... Well, maybe we can ask if we can get Ezra Miller. No, WB went, can you put Ezra Miller in this? 
Um, which I think is really fascinating because WB just normally withholds things as opposed to gives you things. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, no, they were just like, oh, yeah, no, we've wrapped, but no, we'll make time for it. And then somehow it did not leak at all like that Ezra Miller was in Vancouver and no one from the cast. And it was the Flash crew that shot it because the Arrow crew is off doing other work now because Arrow is completely wrapped and done. Um, so no one, no one like blurted it out or anything, which is deeply, deeply, deeply impressive. Um, I do agree with you that tonally it's very weird, which is probably why it's at like the very start of this before he's like starting to go through memories. Um, but yeah, tonally it's real weird, but it's also just really, really funny. And also he's not, Ezra Miller's character is not the Flash yet. Mm -hmm. Which is why, okay, that explains why he's like, ooh, the Flash. Yeah. Okay. Right. No, that's why he's like, I don't know what that means because he doesn't have a name based on what I've read in Dawn of Justice yet. He, or whatever, whatever that Justice League movie is. He doesn't have a name yet. He's just the really fast running guy. <laughs> um, so that's why he's like kind of weirded out by being the Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it's fun. It's silly. It's very good. And it kind of captures the fact that they're both very silly actors Mm -hmm. but yeah it just it doesn't it didn't it doesn't jive with like the emotional arc of that episode which is really kind of frustrating um so yeah it's great it just doesn't have any business being in there no well i mean and i think even just outside of the text i'm sure that both actors are like oh finally people will stop like bashing us against each other, you know, trying to like, yes, because like we've clearly established we're cool guys. We're both getting paid lots of money to play a character we enjoy. So like stop pitting us against each other. Uh, so that's fun. But yeah, no, it, like it's a shame because they, it could have, they could have had this exact same scene and used it to much greater effect with more mm-hmm. warning, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So now let's go on to the last episode of the crossover, uh, which was Legends. Uh, and I think that their solution that they came up with, which is basically there is still a multiverse. It's just all of our seven Paragons worlds have become Earth Prime. It's cheap. Yes. It uh, like doesn't account for how many billions of people must have died. And there should be yes. still lingering trauma over that. But I guess they just made sure everybody these characters know lived. So yeah. that's why, you know, or even just like having them go through the trauma of everyone has died. We failed everyone. At least some <laughs> people are alive now. You know, that's a different feeling. And I don't know that they captured that, but I think that it's going to be fun. It's going to be, you know, like having, wasn't that the writer of Crisis? on Infinite, the comic, who comes up to yes, get the same... Yes, that was more of Wolfman. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. I think there was a lot of fun, and just anytime that, like, the Legends crew is just so much fun, and the ethos and the, like, the perspective of the show, Legends of Tomorrow, is such a great way to to end on for this, like, kind of wacky new reality that they find themselves in. I thought that was really smart ending with Legends. Yes. Um, so I really actually ended up liking the ending, even if I don't believe that Ollie's actually dead, because I don't think they're going to end like that. I think they're going to end with Felicity and Ollie going into the sunset. Um, yeah. So it was a bit heavy-handed, not for the characters, but for the show. But I thought yeah. it was a fun... I Like, it really... I was like, B+, plus, A-, minus, B+, plus, 
F, not F, but like low grade. And then A minus. Yeah. <laughs> like I really was on board with every episode of this crossover except the one that I had to write about. <laughs> no, and I, I think you're right. I think ending on Legends Tomorrow because of their perspective is the correct way to end this sort of thing. Because like I said, crossovers always end really poorly because they always are f- intending to do something else, which is in this case set up Earth Prime. So doing a whole thing in which they fight a fake Bebo ginned up by this weird D-list DC villain <laughs> <laughs> um, who goes down with a single punch is just really delightful. But also you get Ray doing a selfie. You get them just going, we'll just shrink the anti-monitor into himself over and over and over and over again. And it's just like, wait. Why didn't any of you numbskulls come up with that in the first place? <laughs> um, just like that whole concept of this is how we beat the bad guy by doing the inverse of the Ant-Man Thanos thing. <laughs> that's how we're going to beat him. And it's just like, no, that's just pure legends through and through. And I'm very deeply here for it. Even just the fact that it came after such a... a- complete letdown of an Arrow episode helped that we're like, sure, you know what, I'll take that. We're not talking about the morality of it at all, which I don't buy from a lot of these characters, but we're just gonna not worry about it. (laughs) So, and now let's have jokes about how, like, come on, how often does this this kind of apocalypse thing happen? Awkward pause. Oh, it's like that. (laughs) From Jefferson. Like, that's that's the content I want. (laughs) Well, I mean, and let's talk about Jefferson, since they're now officially a part of the Arrowverse entirely. And I just have a shit ton of questions. So many questions. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, there's a, a range of questions just on a production level of please, 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 please do not move this show from Atlanta because you can't. You just can't. If you do, the show is going to suffer immensely. I mean, Supergirl, to an extent, suffered when they switched from Los Angeles to Vancouver. But they generally kind of managed to do okay, I think, overall. Like, the first season in Vancouver is a little rough from a locations perspective. But I think they generally found a way to work within being in Vancouver. You can't pick up and move Black Lightning to Vancouver. It doesn't work. It won't work. There are a multitude of reasons why it won't work. Don't do it. But then there's just narrative levels of, wait, so is this the same Arcovia that's invading Friedland is also the same Arcovia that had the evil Supergirl that Lex Luthor was controlling? Is this the same Arcovia? Is that plot... Did that plot not happen anymore because Lex is now the best boy mm-hmm. of the whole world? <laughs> um, I'm assuming it didn't because otherwise none of this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it, Jefferson's not going to come play with you. <laughs> He's just not. He no, has so many more no. important things to do. <laughs> like tackle racism. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I like that they, they're just like, okay, we're just going to have Jean do his whammy on everyone. <laughs> we're just going to mm-hmm. go and just be like, and, and so you you all have memories now. Um, yes. And I'm going to need that to actually be a plot point in the next Supergirl episode. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's yes. what we're going to get from Kara uh, around, for, for Lena specifically. Um, yes. Yes, specifically Lena, because yeah. I have 
Also, a number of questions about what we're about to do on Supergirl. Yeah. But also, this just gives them such a good out that I kind of don't care. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, now Kara and Kate are on the same earth and they can just hang out and be sweater buddies. Yeah, because they're, they're so cute. <laughs> they're just such good buds. It's nice. You know, they're, 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 they've been so clearly set up as Barry and Ollie times, like, part two, you know? And yes. I think they've really yeah. established that in an effective way that really works. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's fun. It's good. Oh, uh, you know the super core shippers are just like, wait, no, no, you're not doing this, no, yeah, they're friends, yeah, no, yeah, no, it's 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 good, it's good stuff. The um, the the shows that I f- I'm most curious about how they're, fa- I'm not actually worried about Black Lightning at all because I feel like they're just gonna be like, yeah, it's the same word, or not, don't worry about it, just don't worry about it, yeah. Um, but uh, I am very curious what's what this is gonna mean for uh the for supergirl and a little curious about how this is going to shape um batwoman but the it really does i think i think the show by far with the biggest impact is going to be supergirl i loved so loved it made my heart go three sizes when they revealed sarah is back lila and diggle uh have two kids now uh i was very excited about lois and super uh superman getting picked up and now they have twins um so this was a interesting fun way that they could reset and just do set up the next however many years of things they want to play with on all these shows right. it was just a really delightful and entertaining way to end the show and ending this giant crossover with earth prime and with the establishment of the justice league it just was a fitting way to end the show so while i again i cannot stress how frustrated i was at the complete waste of time that was the arrow episode here i think the rest of it was ended up being actually really fun yeah and i think you're right i think that supergirl is going to be the one that has like the largest like overall arced impact of all of this because lex Luthor now owns the deo and that's just delightful um, and I think that there's plenty of stuff for them to play with. Um, I think Flash is going to have like the most character fallout from all of this, though, which I'm interested in seeing now of what they do with this in terms of, well, no, we had all kind of like accepted that you were going to die. Yeah, we said our goodbyes. So yeah, so you're still here. We need to figure out what this means now going forward. Um, Mark Guggenheim has teased that Batwoman actually does something really radical with their merged earth, which I'm very interested in seeing what that means for them. Um, Cause he actually, he called it actually really, really like fantastic. And mm-hmm. I'm really kind of curious about what they need, what they felt like they could do because of all this, since they were already on earth, they were already on earth one. Yeah. So I'm really curious about what this mean, what they're, what they're going to do as a result of this. Um, and then Legends of Tomorrow just doesn't matter because <laughs> they just they travel they travel through space time and it just doesn't matter what happens to them. <laughs> yeah, they're just doing magic. I liked how yeah. much Sarah content there was. I mean, the, yeah, they so they much. know what they have with Katie Lots and yeah, that's smart and I appreciate it. Yeah, no, and it's it's good because as much as it feels like Barry's sort of like the new leader because he got the table with the chairs, it's going to have my logo on it. Um, Sarah sort of feels like the de facto new leader, the quiet leader, um, the one that kind of like provides a little bit of guidance. Um, but also, like you said, all the good Sarahs, like that whole thing with them on the stairs talking about, yeah, it's weird that no one knows who I am from my old life anymore. And that's kind of freaking me out is a scene that has no business 
being in this kind of grand, big, epic thing, but yet the fact that they carved out all that time for it, I think it's just really, really beautiful and really, really lovely that now she has to deal with the fact that she is this person who is actually quite significant to the timeline because they are now in a lot of ways. And so I really, really like that because, yeah, you know, Rip turned out to be very wrong about everyone's importance to the timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, just for Sarah, literally everyone who knew her before is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because Felicity didn't know her before, really. Um, So, so her dad, her sister, Ollie, they're all dead. (laughs) Thea knew her, I guess. So Thea is somewhere, but yeah, it's that to have go- undergone something so significant and to have completely rebuilt your life into being a com- very different person, but only through active day by day, very deliberate choices and hard choices um, consistently. And to have no one who can appreciate that journey, that is meaningful. And yeah. like to all, all these other people, even like Ray, who, you know, Ray and Rory, who know her the best of the legends, they still knew her first as the like snarky, but good guy. Yeah. They didn't know her as the assassin. They didn't know her as these other things that she was. And so, yeah, like you said that like see taking time for scenes like that. The, another one I would think of is of course the Jefferson and Barry scene, which was so lovely right. as well. Those mo- that like, those are the reasons I appreciate these crossovers. It's because yeah. like the, it's, it's not, I mean, when they can do really awesome fight scenes where they combine their powers, which this didn't do. That is another reason I like crossovers um, in, in like comics and in, you know, animated cartoons and, you know, like the, the nineties cartoons and everything um, that we both, I, I know I watched, I think you did as well. That's yeah. what's so fun about them, but it's, it's the, the little interactions. It's the, how would, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure Sarah would have a grand old time with Alex and yes. vice versa. Like that's the stuff that, you know, we're having fun with. And, and so having these character moments, yeah, that's, that's, that's why we tune in. I mean, that's why I tune in, I should say. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts? Um, are you excited by the fact that given that the multiverse is back, that planet, that Earth X is definitely back so the Nazis can come back at any time? <laughs> well, I was so relieved that they did show, no, the multiverse is back. It's just these few universes that have been changed. Like, like I was very relieved when we saw that Brandon Routh was out as Superman again, though now yes. no longer with the dark crest, now with the right. yellow crest. Because he got a happy ending, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that uh, the Green Lantern Corps is out out there somewhere you know like i i really appreciated that too well we shouldn't appreciate the green lantern core earth too much because that was that was the um that was the ryan reynolds uh oh. green lantern core <laughs> so we should we should just kind of pretend that that didn't happen oh that's funny i didn't re- i didn't pick up see because i didn't see that so i didn't yeah. pick up on that that's funny uh yeah so, so I, I thought overall it was a, it was a lot of fun and i'm ready for a break all those little digs about oh it sounds like you get snookered into a crossover did we win yeah. <laughs> like that was all great oh oh it's yeah. it's his first crossover just like the the meta awareness of that has just worked really really well i think for these shows and yeah yeah, I think they mostly lived up to the hype. Yeah. Well, based based on how the rest of Arrow goes, and it's just a matter of, um, you know, how much of a break they give us before the next one. So, yeah, with a break, I think we'll be good. Uh, what wins your week in TV? 
I had a really low, like, low watch week in TV, so I guess Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 5 wins my week in TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, Bebo's in it. I feel like Bebo's an automatic win. Well, it's like straight up a Baby Yoda thing. Like, how can I not buy yeah. Bebo? What is wrong with you? Right. Yeah, but I don't want Bebo to be sold at Build-A-Bear either. I just no. want Bebo to be sold to me. Um, what one's your week? I'm guessing it's evil, but... You know it's evil. It's definitely it's evil. evil. Yeah. <laughs> um, with a shout out to Legends. I did really like that Legends episode. But yeah, no, it's definitely evil. I look forward to your thoughts once you have a chance to see it. Now we'll take a break and we'll come back with our season spotlight on Zumbo's Just Dessert Season 2. Let's make some magic. Are you ready for takeoff? Zumbo is back. Flavors, out of this world. It's a party happening in my mouth. Shoot from the outside. Got a scary surprise on the inside. (laughs) It's time to take it up a notch. see my face in this place. Wow. Ultimate Sunday dream. Wow. New sweet secret surprises. New Zumbo's Just Desserts on 7. That was a trailer for Zumbo's Just Desserts Season 2. Now listeners will know we are big fans of Zumbo's Just Desserts Season 1 over here at the Televerse. And we've been eagerly anticipating a Season 2 since we found out that it was like renewed forever ago. Uh, it's taken a while to make its way to Netflix, but it did premiere this last week. And so we were definitely going to talk about it here at the Televerse. So, Noel, uh, I think the biggest change is no Gigi. No Gigi. Yes. Um, other than that, or, and I look forward to your thoughts on, on that, but how did this season compare for you with season one, and are you hoping that we get a season three? So I would love season three, just to answer that, and I want that to be out there in the open before I kind of um, start talking oh, no. about. <laughs> I was just kind of bored by this season. I think a lot of it boils down to casting, um, as I don't think that this group is necessarily as compelling as the first group was. Um, there's definitely no one getting the villain edit, which is, <laughs> which does make things difficult, even though I have a number of questions about how many people Rachel has killed um, <laughs> and that we just don't know about um, because I feel like she has. I feel like she has. But I think that also two things that kind of influenced my reception of season two. The first is that my partner and I watched season one while we were doing a lot of other things. We were prepping for a state fair, basically, table table setting at a state fair. And so we just had this on, and we weren't paying, like, super-duper close attention. But we were watching it. We, like, sat down and engaged with it this time around. No, very few distractions, just watching it outright. That may have been a mistake for us. <laughs> um, just because I think some of it just because it just ended up kind of feeling a little repetitive sometimes, um, which is always the issue with these kind of reality competition shows, but just something about it just didn't click. And I think that the thing that just didn't click was 
the whole novelty of Zumbo as an entity and as a baker wasn't there this time around. So the anticipation of finding out what he had made for them to make wasn't quite as intense as it was the first time around. But also the things that he asked them to make just sometimes weren't as ridiculous Mm -hmm. until right near the end where it's just like, I want you guys to make this giant plant that I have made. (laughs) And it's like, oh, no, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, Kate, there wasn't the vanilla matchbox. Yeah. (laughs) Where you just go, but how? How? No, (laughs) but how? Because all of this, I feel generally like, no, I can kind of see how you did that. But I still don't know how you did the matchbox. <laughs> and I think that's kind of the other thing about this about this season is that the how just isn't there as much for me, even down to, but but you didn't make them do the eye squirty thing with the mummies. That feels like a cheat, that they didn't have to do the eye squirty things with the mummy. Um, so I think that's kind of where I fell on. I still think that this show is really delightful. And I really like its weird sense of whimsy and how very ambitious its bakers are in terms of, no, we have to impress everyone. I just don't know that this season really worked as well for me as the first season did for those reasons. How did you feel about it? I enjoyed it. Uh, It definitely felt different than the first season when I was watching it. And it could just be because of like when I watched it and everything. Yeah. But um. It's interesting what you say about the cast, because for me, I had much stronger opinions on this season about who I wanted to be in the end. And it was mostly like, well, I don't want them to be in the end. And not Mm -hmm. like in the first season, there's like you said, there's villain edits. There's much more distinct like assholes in the first season than there's in the second. But in this one, it was like for me, there was it was a Jeff. I was just like. I don't like Jeff. I don't think they've ever given me a reason to like Jeff. Yes. Why is Jeff can, still in it? I kept waiting for someone to knock him out. And I, I didn't have particularly strong feelings about who I wanted to make it towards the end, except for the people who ended up being the final two. And uh, it seemed pretty projected early on that they were the best. And uh, I don't know that they really conveyed that meaningfully through what the what they had baked and through the judges' comments so yes. much as through the rest of the editing. So yes. watching the finale, based on their comments, it seemed like the other finalists should have won. And then they didn't. And it must, you know, either they knew who they wanted to win and they were determined to give it to that person or they just didn't do a good enough job explaining why the other person's stuff was better. There were a number of times where, based on the points, it seemed a bit arbitrary. And I felt like they were much more generous with their grading this season than they were the previous season. Um, Some of that's because the Zumbo challenges were easier. A lot of them seemed easier. But it felt more, like, it felt a little more contrived at times. Um, But I do think while the Zumbo challenges weren't as interesting, I thought that the Baker's like creations and the ones that they came up with were more interesting and more difficult and, and uh, compelling. So like for me, it was kind of hand in hand where 
Zumbo has, you know, however many decades of his career to come up with the first 10 Zumbo tests, and then he has a couple years to come up with the next 10. You know, there's only so many wacky, crazy ideas you're, you're going to have. Right. So I, I, I could understand that, but um, I liked that these bakers seem to really push themselves more with what, like, their concepts for their, whatever the first round bake is called, I forget. Uh, the sweet, uh, the sweet, uh, sweet sensation. Thank yeah. you, yeah. Yeah, and I do think that generally, yes, you were correct, that Jeff is a jerk. I'm like, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page with the cast right now, and Jeff's job, as opposed to competitive dad, is five-star jerk, because someone's edited this page <laughs> and has they have not caught it. Um, whereas, do you want to know what Catherine's job is right now? What's Catherine's job? Being the best person J- Zumbo's Just Desserts has ever accepted. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so, so much of that's down to the editing. Uh, anytime anybody in a competition show says, well, so-and-so is my main competition, but yeah. they have not established themselves as one of the leaders in the competition, I immediately dislike them. It's like, oh, right. no, no, no. Oh, no, honey. No. Kath- you might Catherine might be your main competition, but you are not hers. And you are acting as if you are a contender. You should be acting like... I, I just want to stay in this as long as I can. That's the appropriate talking head to give. Right. And I think I think that that was also a weird thing that was kind of coming up as, like, the show was just like, we're going to really push Catherine as the front runner. So we're going to have all these significantly older people talk smack about her. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird. Um, though I will say that one of the things I did like about this season uh, is Catherine and the fact that Whatever Catherine screwed up or, like, something went wrong, she just went, okay, and just immediately came up with something else. Um, and didn't, like, let it bog her down in any way, shape, or form, which I really, really liked. Of, like, that thing with the um, the smoke and mirrors thing and, like, whatever it was didn't set. So it's just like, I'm just going to make um, a lake. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to make a lake scene instead, or I'm going to just put a plant on top of my rings because my other ring didn't set or I broke it. I didn't cut the right things for it. Um, And it's just like, oh, no, this is breaking everything. But at the same time, in control. And I really liked being able to see that juxtaposed against this whole concept of we must destroy this 19 year old student. Uh, which is pervasive in a lot of a lot of places. And I was I appreciated some of the contestants seemingly refusing to engage in that nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I, I for me I think that Catherine, like I, I could see her kind of starting to spiral in those moments. Yeah. And so while she definitely pushed on and she definitely was more nimble than some of the other like season one contestants around that issue, I like I appreciated that I could see that it was like killing her sometimes that she had messed that thing up and that you know this is such a perfectionist and she is so young and she has not yet had to learn to deal with you can't always you know she has not been in enough situations in your life where you gotta just make it work where she you know has had to get used to that and and adjusting and being you know so so i appreciated that while it, it she wasn't it wasn't like oh it's fine <laughs> Definitely it wasn't just fine when she had to 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 come up with a new plan, but she was able to do that. She wasn't paralyzed the way that some of the other contestants have been in the past. And I thought I thought that that really helped um 
and and just allowed her to do more and come up with more interesting solutions and more interesting bakes or or desserts I should say than than some of the other people did especially like in the previous season. Did you have a favorite among the cast besides Catherine? I mean, I really liked Simon as well. Um, and I got the feeling that, like, Zumbo really liked Simon a lot. They just yeah. seem to be very much on the same half-baked, um, <laughs> all-the-time uh, wavelength. And by half-baked, I mean just super-duper high all the time. Um, which I'm sure Simon is not because the man is responsible for pouring concrete and you can't do that while you're high. I feel like bad things happen, (laughs) but I feel like the rest of the cast just never really kind of clicked for me in a way that I really wanted them to. Um, like I delighted in Rachel until she started getting like half of a bad edit. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like, Oh, she doesn't handle criticism. Well, Oh, this is not good. Um, (laughs) And so, like, I think that's kind of the other reason is, like, aside from the folks that the show really wanted me to latch on to, I didn't latch on to anyone else. Um, And just, Jeff just kind of freaked me out a lot. Um, (laughs) Just, like, I feel like you think you're better than you are, but you've, you, you, buddy, you've just coasted by by being super safe the whole competition. Like, you were in the middle the entire time we are from the drag race school of things where safe is a bad word <laughs> right no that's the thing is like he didn't he didn't win dessert of the day once not once did he win dessert of the day um so i'm just like that's 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 not how that's not how you win is <laughs> And if you did win, I was going to call shenanigans. <laughs> the favorite challenge for me remains the one with the kids. The kid yeah. uh, party is just, it's just a beautiful, watch it. Whenever they bring in kids to review food shows, it's just gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Because you get to see who thinks they know kids. And the and I won't spoil who it is, listeners. But one of the bakers thinks that kids have sophisticated palates and they will appreciate a beetroot cake. No, have you ever met children? No, I mean, come on. And but but they're just they're just brutal judges because they are honest. They do not look for a spin, and they like you could tell that they, they weren't being jerks. You could tell some of the kids were like. Um, I think that they should keep trying because it doesn't seem like they tried very hard because it doesn't taste all that great, (laughs) which is like little, like that's like seven year old, like the most politic answer you're going to get out of (laughs) the Zumbinos, but it's just delightful. Were there any other challenges like that for you or how'd you feel about that one? No, they should definitely maintain that challenge because like you said, anytime kids come on to judge things on baking competitions or like cooking competitions, it's just like, nope, no, you need to do this all the time because it's it's tv gold it's just gold um because like kids don't have a filter um which is what one of the contestants say is like they don't have a filter and i like also like going back to that challenge the idea of like yeah no you did a beetroot cake kids aren't gonna like that but also you did a cake with two kilos of sugar in it no, no one's going to like that. Not even children. That is not a cake that you should serve to human beings. That is a cake that you serve to hummingbirds and ants. <laughs> Those are the only organisms that need that much sugar. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so no, always do that. Um, I really, I did like um, the uh, sci-fi, like do do a do a space theme dessert, and I liked yeah. the approaches that got kind of played into that. Um, but I also just liked the sheer ridiculousness of Zumbo's planet, Zumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, because that cake was kind of ridiculous. Like that was the most ridiculous, I think, of the cakes. Um, was the Planet Zumbo cake of like, no, that's that's weird, and I like it a lot. And also, they had to make the rocks. So they had to make like everything for it, and I was very happy about that. Since I do feel like a lot of this season was also, no, we're gonna give you everything portioned out for the most part mm-hmm. for a lot of this stuff, and it's just like. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> um, so I've, I liked the Zumbo. Zumbo. I liked Planet Zumbo. Um, I also liked them having to make the um, the grilling challenge. I thought, like, I always like it when people have to make cake or pastries look like something else. I enjoy that. Um, but it also, for me, that challenge in particular also called attention to what you had mentioned before of... Yeah, no, they're just being a lot easier with their judging because some people just didn't finish spray painting or, like, spray painting stuff. And it's just like, that's not complete. That that potato is half finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the average felt like, I don't know if what it was because I didn't do the statistical analysis, but the average felt like it was like a six. And yeah. that is not what it was in season one. In season no. one, they were giving out, like, threes sometimes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So they were, I mean, in some of that, maybe this difficulty level is easier, but it just felt like a kindler and gentler. Uh, we didn't actually say, did you miss Gigi? No. Um, yeah. Because both Rachel and Zumbo are perfectly capable of calling out the time. Yeah. <laughs> As well, this season proves, they can tell you how much time you have left. And um, having her go and help the bakers when they had trouble for me, didn't really work in season one because of her persona of, like, being harsh. So, like, if she was a more supportive cheerleader type, then you could have her fill that capacity and and have it work. This season they had Zumbo do that a few times, which felt weird because, like, you're a judge. You shouldn't be helping them. Yeah. But I think they just were cutting a person from the budget. So that's what they did. Yeah. Or maybe she just doesn't work with Zumbo anymore. Like, that's the other thing. Maybe she's Um, busy. Yeah. And... I didn't not mind Zumbo showing up to, like, occasionally help, and I kind of wish we had actually seen more of that, because I don't mind that he's a judge that he's going into, provided he's helping everyone sort of equally, but also, yeah. but provided he's doing that, then I don't have an issue with it. But we saw it, like, only three or four times, and I just kind of go, well, maybe it just wasn't good enough TV, because, again, as much as I kind of like this Australian weirdo, he's just... A weird presence on TV, even on Sugar Rush. He's just kind of a weird presence. Um, so he he needs to be balanced by other personas, which I think is like the other issue of like, oh, well, if it's just him on camera, this is a little weird. But if we pair him with someone, then it works. Um, down to the fact that I just I'm convinced that he and Rachel Koo practice the knowing look. Oh, yeah. 100%. Just all the time of just like, all right, we need to go back and practice our practice our raised eyebrows and our mm, type of face to really kind of sell it. Um, <laughs> because they do that so much. Every single time. Take a bite. Say nothing. 
arched eyebrow. You have no idea. Like, well, and usually you could tell when they were gonna like do a fake out because if they were really mean, it meant yeah. that you thought it was good. I thought it was great because if yeah. they aren't being dicks, so if they if they sound too mean, it means they're gonna undo it with the next part of their sentence. Versus if they temper it a little bit, it means that they they are not gonna undo it um but yeah i do think rachel is a big part of what works about it and what like what keeps the balance of the show and uh the fact that she really like there were a few times where it was super fun just to watch them be like what like with the skull thing where it's like they're just like what are you doing don't do it don't do it he's gonna he's gonna break it why is he doing that just don't do that like it was hilarious because i you know right if you were a baking expert or a cooking expert uh you would be doing that same thing you'd be like everything that you took it would take everything that you had to not just like run over and be like stop you're gonna ruin it you have such a cool idea but you're gonna ruin it just back away um and yeah i know like that's like I have a hard time when I'm listening to my students practice before lesson if they're there early or something, and they're playing a wrong note. Like it takes like I have been known to to stop teaching, go to the other room, be like it's a C sharp, and go back to teaching. <laughs> you know, like so, so. I appreciated that we got to see a little bit more of that kind of a thing between the two of them because it's just so humanizing and really gives us a, like a glimpse into their experience as judges. Uh, like watching all of the bakers or the, the dessert makers make all these things. Um, so I'm hoping if we do get a season three, we get a little bit more of that. Yeah. 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 I hope so too, because I think having them as like commentators also kind of helps the show. Mm-hmm. And it also cuts down on the talking head segments, which again, this season, I just don't feel like we're particularly strong. Yeah. Um, but having them provide like a little more like onset commentary type stuff of those cutaways and then responding to things, I think is also, or would be a good adjustment to make. Yeah. So I think, I mean, like we, like you said, you're looking forward to a season three. I hope they also, I hope they get renewed for season three. I don't know if they will. Um, but fingers crossed. Uh, so listeners, if you enjoy these baking shows, do go check out Zumbo's just desserts. Like the production was clearly much smoother in season two. Then in season one, but the, there aren't as spectacular of, like, ridiculousness levels on the Zumbo test in season two as there was in yeah. season one. So I guess start with season – or should they start with season two and then go back to season one? What do you think? Yeah. I actually think working backwards is better in this case. Okay. Um, just because – yeah, because season one's just hard. Like, it's – for people who play video games, I'll, I'll make this analogy – Season one is sort of like Nintendo Super Nintendo era type stuff where games were hard. And Zumbo season two is more in line with like the current generation of games where they're they can be a little challenging, but they're not difficult. <laughs> you aren't just gonna get hit by a barrel and it had to start all over again. Right, exactly. Whereas again, the vanilla matchbox, Kate, I think about yeah. that vanilla matchbox at least once a month. <laughs> Of how, but how? It's 21 layers Physics. of vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or Physics. was it 11? It was 11, right? It was V11? Yeah. 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 No, it was still just, how? yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, as will surprise no one, we remain Zumbo fans here at the Televerse. Uh, we hope you guys check it out. If you do, reach out, let us know, because uh, I literally don't know anyone else, no, besides you, who watches this show. Yeah. So I would like to. So listeners, let us know. A few show notes here at the end of the episode. You can find a post of this episode over at theteleverse.org, where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the week's TV. You can like our page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. You can email us, theteleverse at gmail.com. You can uh, find us in Apple Podcasts with an M4A chapter feed and mp3 unchaptered feed we're also up in stitcher we'd appreciate ratings and reviews either place you can find my write-up for this week's arrow uh over at the av club <laughs> as well as uh my upcoming avenue five reviews there and we are both on twitter i am at the television noel you are at noel rk thanks so much for a great week thanks noel and thank you everyone for listening we'll be back next week with another episode of the Televerse. 